calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. Kat and JJ are not on this episode. They've actually got a friend visiting from out of town that they're keeping company for the weekend. But we have a special treat for you on this episode. My co-host will be Christy Price. You remember her as the haunted real estate agent who came on and shared some really spooky stories with us. Christy, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic tonight. Thank you for having me back. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. We're thrilled to have you here. And keeping with the theme of haunted real estate, uh, we have the haunted historian on. I know a lot of our audience members um, or our fans have seen their Instagram. They're uh, one of the few verified accounts in our our uh, circle of, of content. So it's always fun to bring somebody on that's kind of been at this uh, and has a ton of great curated content. Connor, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, it's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, and fans, if you want to check out all the awesome stuff Connor has going on, you can check out their Instagram at haunted.historian. And you can also go to their website, thehauntedventures.com, which Connor will tell us about here in a little bit. Connor, one question I do have before we get into the haunted estates that you're here to tell us about. We like to find out where our guests fall on what we call the believometer, meaning zero, you don't believe in ghosts, and 10, ghosts are absolutely real. Where do you fall on that scale? Uh, you don't get this deep into it without being a 10. <laughs> so I think that's where <laughs> I fall at this point in time. <laughs> okay, awesome. And Chrissy, will you remind our audience where you fall on that scale as well? I'm also a 10. That's what I, I figured. Okay, so we got a couple of tens here tonight with us. That's always a lot of fun for these episodes. And Connor, what got you into haunted, uh, being the haunted historian and, and <laughs> curating all this um, haunted content? I grew up in what was then the very small cornfield back rivers town of Beaver Creek, Ohio, in uh, the south of the state then. I now live in Arizona. But, um, you know, back then it was a real small town, real country town. And uh, I was fortunate to grow up with a lot of friends who were like-minded as myself uh, in having grown up watching such shows as Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures. 
And when we got into our later years in high school and you kind of wanted more exciting things to do on the weekends or just to hang out and just chilling out in somebody's backyard or their basement was kind of getting old, we, we started kind of venturing out, like figure, trying, trying to figure out like, what could we do? So we all, um, in recognizing that we kind of had this shared interest, just started venturing out throughout the Midwest to Michigan, Indiana, Pennsylvania, Kentucky, all these Midwestern states to visit some of their more prominent haunted destinations. And so fast forwarding uh, the better part of a decade now, um, me and one of those of what was originally 12 people uh, still are um, a part of a very close knit, very small team, though separated now by um, the length of nearly the entire country. And um, the, I guess to, to put it simply, Haunted Historian was created when um, we kind of parted ways, not as friends, but in um, where we lived as a means of staying connected to the paranormal community, trying to hear people's stories, sharing our stories. And there were there were no preconceived notions that as the years went on in running it, it would become anything as relatively large as it is now. So, you know, from then to like three and a half years later, to the point that we are now, it's become much more than just a shared interest community page to become something that you know provides location scouting for a variety of streaming and uh network television shows we do a lot of the um location scouting for a little more high-end celebrity paranormal investigators we work with a lot of uh, celebrities in our different locales to bring them out and get involved in the paranormal field we help teams in finding uh their next location and above all else we just kind of curing ourselves as a database at this point for people who are interested in the field to go out and find locations that they may not have known existed in their neck of the woods or pretty darn near it for them and their team or themselves as individuals if they're that daring to go out and venture into for the evening so it's really kind of um a small intentions turned into a much larger than life sort of thing at this point in time, if that adds up. Adds up perfectly. That's kind of how the podcast has been for us. Never did I think that the ghost podcast we started a couple of years ago would be something that we literally can't stop doing. <laughs> it's become bigger <laughs> than us now. So on it marches forward. And to my surprise, you and Christy were already acquaintances. Christy, how do you know Connor? Oh, well, I'm definitely a fan. Um, I've Love the content, Connor. Um, if anyone is not familiar with your content, uh, they need to be because the posts that you do, they're just so interesting. The photography that you choose to post, um, the history that you choose to share about those locations, you're definitely a go-to source for me as far as sharing content, learning. Um, so thank you so much for what you do. I truly appreciate it. I don't remember exactly how you and I initially connected. I know that we both have the mutual interest in going to paranormal locations and we've discussed, you know, sharing those together as far as me going to locations and sharing the information for you to post. I know you've done that once or twice. So that's kind of just how it connected us. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, I'm just a fan of the page. Well, I appreciate those kind words. The sordid truth is that, you know, I, I wish I could say I myself know about all these locations, but we definitely source knowledge and insight and locations from so many people such as Christy. And she had posted about the um, old uh, Lavaca County Jail, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And uh, 
to her and like many other ghost investigative teams, I just hopped right into the DMs and said, what the hell is this place? I've never heard of this in my <laughs> life. Do you have photography? Do you have information? You know, that That's really how we source so many of our posts. So, I mean, Christy, I, uh, right back at you. I love your post. I uh, couldn't be more appreciative of the information uh, you provided us. And as we've discussed in the past, hopefully I can uh, get out there to Texas in the not too distant future to see that place in person. Oh, would love to have you. It's definitely um, in the top three places that I have been that is very, very active um, with some very interesting spirits. I think you would very much so enjoy it. I don't doubt it. And Connor, I know that you prepared to talk about a couple of different properties tonight, and maybe this feeds into those properties. I'm not sure. But when you were getting into the paranormal with your friends, did you have any personal experiences where you, you know, you saw spirits, you heard spirits or things that really pushed you to a 10 on the meter? Yeah. So I, I definitely, um, unfortunately don't have any, uh, metaphysical notions in and of myself, no, no capabilities of that nature. But uh, I did, um, I guess, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it at this point in time, grow up in a, a house out there in um, Beaver Creek, Ohio, that had a lot of activity unique to itself. Uh, some of it that was kind of, you couldn't pinpoint why it was happening. Uh, some of it that I think was from um, some deceased family members later on in my life. But it, it was a real, a real active house. Couldn't wait to get out of there as a kid. This, of course, being prior <laughs> to my interest in the paranormal coming in. Now I look back at that and I just think, wow, I would love to step foot back in my childhood home for another night or two and really kind of dig into this. But I mean, uh, I guess um, to kind of answer that question in as bold a fashion as possible, I got involved in all of it because I grew up in a haunted house. That's where it all started for me. If you actually, um, if you're fans of the show, my paranormal nightmare on discovery plus and travel channel, I think it's like episode four of season one. Um, it covers the house that I grew up in and a lot of the accounts inside of there and some, <laughs> so, some real creative choice reenacting actors to, to play myself. <laughs> and my oh, that's really funny. That's amazing. It, it's, yeah, it, it's real fun. My family has no idea the episode exists. But, but it, Is that on purpose? It's on purpose. We um we we connected later on in our lives and all okay. kind of put together the pieces. Like we all were aware this was happening in the home. Like my parents tried to shield it from us. Uh, the only person I ever really talked to with about it with was my oldest brother. But even then, you know, we were a, a military family and stuff like that. No one ever really talked about this or that, or certainly not anything supernatural. Aside from myself, who had the, the kind of a proclivity for that topic matter, uh, and they wouldn't really feed into um, my questions about it until later in life. So it was hard to get it out of them. And I didn't want to push things by saying just as well, guys, there's also a, a TV show that currently covers the house That's that so we funny. grew up in. So <laughs> I, I well, don't think any of them listen to my podcast either that I ever appear on. So I feel safe saying that here. I don't think anybody will listen to it for my family. Well, this is a safe space, Connor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and for those of us that haven't seen the episode, can you tell us about some of those hauntings in the house? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I guess a couple of the more prominent things that happened, the most prominent thing to me that happened, I, it was like from the ages of 11 to 14, kind of throughout middle school, 
Um, yeah, I, we had strict bedtimes all throughout leaving for college even, and I would go to bed. My parents would typically still be up. Lights were still on out in the hallway. Uh, but they'd usually go to bed about 30 minutes after all of my brothers, two of them aside from myself, uh, had already gone to bed. So I'd lay there in bed, not quite asleep yet. And you'd usually hear the flick of the lights going off and the, the footsteps coming up the stairs and walking into their bedroom, which was directly across from mine. And my mother had this habit, at least I thought she did, <laughs> of um, prior to going to bed, she would walk in, uh, she would sit on the edge of uh, our bed, as I assumed she had done for all of um, her three boys. And she would sit there and she'd stroke your hair and she'd rub your back and she'd just keep her hand on your leg. And uh, I, I always, I guess, you know, not being a parent myself, kind of admire her child in an endearing capacity. And this went on for years. Sometimes she'd uh, walk in there and just check on us for five minutes. Sometimes she'd walk in there and she'd check on you until you literally passed out. And of course, being a young child, if she walked in, uh, you just pretend to be asleep and whatnot. I could have been in bed for one minute. I could have been in bed for an hour, a terrible insomniac. And she'd come in there and hang out for God knows how long. And when my parents separated and they sold the house years later, I forget how it came about, but I mentioned to my mother how uh, calming and nice it was that she used to do that. And she just starts laughing at me. And I'm like, what? I thought it was really nice. And she's like, Connor, why would I ever walk into my three grown sons rooms, sit on their beds and stroke their hair? I'm like, what do you uh. mean? And she's like, I never once as a mother came into your boys' rooms and just sat there in your bed rubbing your body. She's like, I never did that in my entire life. And Colin, my, my oldest brother, Colin's like, yeah, you did. You'd come in so many nights. You'd just sit there on the edge of the bed and you just stroke our hair. Uh, and you can obviously see where I'm going with this. <laughs> it was not her, evidently. And I asked Colin, I'm like, were you asleep when this is happening? He's like, I would have just laid in bed and been there for literally 30 seconds and the lights would go off. And I thought, oh, mom and dad are coming to bed right with us. And she just sit on the edge of the bed and you just kind of lay there. And for some reason, we both had this inclination, don't get up, don't turn around and look at this. And not out of horror, but like just that general feeling, just let it happen. And we didn't find out for some 10, 12 years later, our mother never did that entire for her entire life. And two out of three of us, if not all of us, for four years had something coming into our room and sitting on the edge of the bed and just rubbing us in the Ugh. middle of the night in wow. a, a weird way. So that was... To this day, a baffling thing. I can't explain it. When I thought back at it, my grandmother had died the year prior to us entering into middle school. And the only paranormal accounts, I'll call it paranormal accounts, my mother ever recanted to us was um, how when her grandmother had died, she walked into her bedroom and there was this super strong smell of incense in there that her grandmother would always burn, but had been removed from the house a week earlier. And my grandmother of course told her you know no all of your grandmother's stuff is gone so that, you shouldn't be smelling that so i don't know i guess it always seemed like odd my mother had experiences with her grandmother when she was uh, our age and now we're our age and our grandmother we seem to be having year-long experiences with uh in our bedrooms beyond that it was just things such as 
you know, the, we had four closet doors in the basement and they'd open and close and slam themselves and they'd wake everybody up. Uh, we had like, we each had like our own stereo radio in the room that we'd play music on every night to fall asleep. And sometimes they just turn on by themselves. And I remember getting up, running out of bed in the middle of the night, my parents running into one of our rooms, like, what the hell is this? Why is this just blaring? And they take it apart and they end up selling all of our radios because they, you know, they take the wires out of the actual speakers. They unplug it from the wall. They put it in the garage. Like, let's just sell this. We don't want it. And we'd wake up in the middle of the night with these completely disconnected, detached radios all in unison blaring in the garage downstairs. Oh, and I, I don't know if I could get a account that to my grandmother, but the area that we grew up in, in Ohio, just outside of the Red Patterson Air Force Base is littered. And I mean littered with Indian burial grounds. And I have no reason to think that we, our house was built on one or anything of that nature. But there was a bunch of weird things that happened all throughout my life that made my friends not want to come to my house from a very young age that made me not want to be there uh, from a very young age. And it couldn't have all been my, my loving, innocent Catholic grandmother. So I'm not quite sure what it was. Uh, that gives me the heebie-jeebies thinking about some entity coming in and rubbing my hair and legs and <laughs> back yes. and me just being like man mom just really loves me a lot at 19 <laughs> and we see why you're a 10 on the scale yeah <laughs> yeah well, that, that that's not the one that got me to a 10 but it's definitely the one that uh that put me on the scale to start off well if that didn't get you to a 10 i can't <laughs> wait to hear what did get you there my early years really started off kind of quantity over quality i went to as many haunts as i possibly could but um yeah, at this point in time, like I, like I said, kind of 10 years down the road, I really aim for quality over quantity. The investigations that the Haunted Historian does now are almost exclusively inside of locations that have never before been investigated, um, that you know, no one's stepped foot in, no one's done the history of, no one's beyond allegations of haunting than anything to actually investigate it. And it's not for any form of notoriety. We really want to expand the paranormal. We want to expand the breadth of stories that's available to the paranormal community inside of places that right now might just be lore. But if someone goes to, we can provide more factuality yeah. towards it all. So that's really what, what we look for now. And it's really in all of that, that uh, I kind of got to that 10 <laughs> on the paranormal scale. And uh, no, I know I'd um, mentioned to you a couple of the locations that really got me there, but uh, I don't know where you want me to start with that. I don't know if I'm going to just dive right in. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm still just thinking about that spirit coming in and rubbing all over you. That I mean, my mind <laughs> yes. is, I've never, I have done... I don't know, 120, 30, 40 of these interviews. And I have heard everything you could possibly imagine from people. I have never heard anything like that. So <laughs> well, I'm happy to provide something new for you. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I'm going to choose to believe that it was your grandmother, because if I believe it's yes. anything else, I'm watching the show Evil right now. I don't know if y'all um, love, absolutely yeah. love it. And, you know, there's a lot of like, darkness uh with demons and sleep paralysis and all that I, i'm going to choose to believe that that's not what was having happening there that it wasn't georgie or whatever that, <laughs> that creepy demon's name is on that show uh, you um, and me both. chrissy in in all your travels through the haunted realm have you ever heard a story like that no 
No, absolutely not. But you know, it's very interesting that you and your brothers had the same experience and all of you thought that it was your mother. So like for me, that that almost makes me feel like it was a positive being positive spirit that was with you guys because it was bringing you comfort. It wasn't bringing anybody any sense of fear. So it's just very interesting that you all had that same experience. I've, I've never heard of this. And I'm so, so curious as to what put you at a 10 if that did not and what location was it because I need to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine that if I had that same experience, I probably wouldn't have such a starving nature for validation and attention that I have now. So, you know, maybe that ghost <laughs> saved you some therapy down the road. Who Who knows? It certainly could have. Who knows? I, no, I mean, you're at, you're right on the money. You know, it, it felt so calming. It felt so easy being there. I don't look at back at it in like a horrified way. It's just a mysterious, what the heck was that sort of way. I'm definitely going to check out this episode, though. I want to see the the choice acting that takes place re recreating your home oh, immediately, immediately after this. It's 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 painful. My um. I know listeners can't hear it. I am like an average white man. I got brown hair, normal bill. I'm a, I'm a normal looking dude. And so is my friend who's on it. And then the dude, they get to reenact him. It's this like, he's got a mohawk going on and he's just like, it's the most ridiculous looking thing. We couldn't stop cracking up over it. And it's just, they really took some liberties with it. So if you, when you watch it, watch it with a grain of salt <laughs> it's not all it was built up to be in the episode i hear you audience don't, connor's underselling himself he, he's a pretty handsome guy with a nice <laughs> flop of hair so as somebody with a struggling hairline i really appreciate what he's uh working with up there this episode of the real hauntings real ghost stories podcast is brought to you by wild grain hey everyone it's noah daniels and i'm here to talk to you again about wild grain our last shipment of wild grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner and I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. And you can now fully customize your wild grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. But uh, no, that's that's really funny. Well, Connor, yeah, let's jump into some of the stories about the uh, areas that we you had mentioned before coming on the podcast. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the two most prevalent cases that I've had the opportunity to work with were one based in Dallas, Texas, well, just outside of Dallas in the Mineral Wells area, and one based not too far out of um, my my home state now here down in uh, Bisbee, Arizona. Uh, We actually started exclusively like doing like kind of off limits, never before been investigated locations back in 2020. And it all started with um, this email I got from um, a client of mine who uh, was talking to me about their renovations of this hospital out in Mineral Wells, Texas. They, unbeknownst to them, I had anything to do with the haunted historian, of course. And they tell me, we're trying to turn it into a school for veterans who are looking to get into the a trade school into the HVAC industry and stuff like that. And they sent me a picture of it. And of course, Mineral Wells is very prominent in the paranormal community for a lot of its, you know, haunted destinations. And uh, I kind of just jokingly tell them, I'm like, you know, I have never heard about this place in my life. And I'm, from what I've heard, kind of plain stupid, Mineral Wells is supposed to be very haunted. I'm like, I think this place is probably haunted, guys. We should look at that. Literally just joking around with them on a Zoom call. And um, in saying that, they're like, well, what, what, what would you know about it? And I kind of talk about like, well, I kind of did this stuff with um, this Instagram page called The Haunted Historian. And we're all having a good laugh over it. They're like, oh, who would have thought Connor was involved in, um, in, in this stuff? Because my, my actual job is in the marketing and PR. And um, not 45 minutes after the call, I get an email from um, the client. And it's, uh, it's Southwest tickets to, uh, to Dallas, Texas. And he's like, we look forward to seeing you out of here for the hospital this weekend. <laughs> I'm like, you guys weren't even going to check for my, my plans or anything like that. You're just sending me over some tickets. It's a bold and- move. It's a bold move, but it's a, it's a very wealthy man. And even if I said no, it wasn't, yeah, it probably wasn't anything too big to him. But uh, of course I said, yeah, this is a abandoned military hospital called Beach Army Hospital on the outskirts of one of America's most haunted cities that for whatever reason, no one's ever really been talking about. So I board the plane. I fly out there with uh, one of my buddies, uh, who's actually my boss at that time. And uh, he's like, let's make a whole YouTube video out of this. So he brings his cameras, he brings his sound equipment, all that good stuff. And we land on the tarmac in Dallas. And I'm not even messing with you when uh, I say I've never seen anything like this. Pilot comes on the intercom. He's like, if you're going to get a rental car or trying to get out of here fast, guys, you know, make sure you do it fast. Because if you haven't seen behind us, there is a storm coming in. And it wasn't even just a storm. It was like the sky was divided in two between night and day. There was just this storm rolling in. We got off the plane. We got to our Jeep. The second we pulled out of the airport in our Jeep, it started raining. It started lightning and thunder. And I'm just telling him, I'm like, the universe is building up for something. This is going to be something weird tonight. And we drive about hour and a half to get to this hospital, middle of absolute nowhere. The owner uh, gives us a quick tour of the facility. Felt very comfortable in there. No bad vibes. Nothing weird's happening. It's a totally normal evening. A bird flew out of an air vent and scared the hell out of me. But besides (laughs) that, it was a totally normal walkthrough. And we get to the end of it. And he looks at me and he's like, Connor, 
I know we're all having good fun and whatnot. You're cool with us locking you in here alone for the evening. Mind you, this is a 100,000 square foot, five-story abandoned hospital that had, no one has stepped foot in since the 1960s when the Vietnam War ended. Oh my God. Is that something that you commonly do in your investigations is spend the night in these places? It's something I try to do. Okay. It's horrifying. It's ill-advised, but um, I kind of see my role in the paranormal now being to uh, bite the bullet on locations that wouldn't open up to the public otherwise mm -hmm. and doing things that, you know, disclaimer here, don't investigate alone, but I do it because I am worried if I don't, that they might not otherwise open up to the public. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of just like a paranormal guinea pig at this point in time, I guess is the best way to put it. They... And that's the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to say, um, you being there by yourself in that large of a place, that is what dreams are made of to somebody like me, you, and I'm, I'm sure Noah as well. I don't know. It sounds pretty scary to me. <laughs> It, it, it got scary. Believe you me. They they walked out the front door. It's raining and lightning like something out of a horror movie. I mean, of course, I come from, you know, Arizona. There's not much weather out here beyond mm -hmm. blaring heat. But um, still, it was shocking to me. So they hand me a GoPro that the company wants me to use. They hand me a flashlight. They hand me another flashlight. They open up my waistband of my pants and put a handgun in there. Shut <laughs> up. I'm not, I'm not welcome to Texas. I, you beat me to it, say, Chrissy. I was, gonna... I was just going to say, welcome to Texas is what they said. Like, you know how to shoot this thing? I'm like, I've never shot a handgun. They're this like, is like this a is... movie. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> like, this is safety. You will learn. This is not safety. <laughs> Click this off if you need it. I'm like you think I'm shooting a ghost or something? And, <laughs> and he's just like, no, no, no. It's not nothing. Not ghosts. Sometimes people break in. And in case you got to take care of that, I'm like okay, I'll be here looking for ghosts. Might commit murder on my way. Yeah. and then I'll keep looking for ghosts. <laughs> that is but, wild. Um, <laughs> It, it honestly, like I said, it was comfortable walking around this hospital for like the hour and a half tour we had. And they walked out of the door and it's like the vibe changed, like someone flipped a switch. And I planned on doing a six hour kind of on and off live stream recording for myself, uh, as well as for the owner of the company and plans so quickly changed. I thought it was going to be a breeze. I didn't think it was haunted whatsoever. I'll admit that. And thought, you know, at the very least, we're going to walk through a very historic building, you know, a, a pillar of the community back then. And it's like whatever was inside of there was just waiting for everybody else who thought this was a novelty, who thought it was a joke to get back outside the door and to chain me in and for it to just be me and them. And the mm. second that was the case, shit hit the fan excuse my language but it really did and yeah i i, <laughs> I hate to say it I, I think i was out there in the public halls for 45 minutes where i was after that 45 minutes was with three cinder blocks barricaded against the restroom stalls of a girl's room holding myself in there with the gun towards the door because of all the shit that went down it was wow. unreal it started off just walking through the administration wing where there were reports that a young boy was sometimes seen very, con very confused looking, kind of aimlessly walking around. So I went up there and 
very indiscreet, just sort of talking to anybody that could be there, like any investigator might. And it's very quiet. It's raining out. But I've been there for like two or three hours at this point. You're very used to what the sound of the rain is. And I'm talking. I ask um, some yes or no questions. And the wooden desk at the front of the hospital, you hear this giant thud on so much so that I jump around instantaneously on live stream. And I'm like, do you guys hear that? Like this desk right here, this rotting wood, someone just banged on it, like with their knuckle or their fist or something. Were you worried it was like a vagrant or something? We had searched thoroughly. Okay. We had searched real thoroughly. If so, like if somebody had gotten in there, I don't know how we would have missed him. Yeah. Um, but I mean, to answer that question, I guess more realistically, you know, I was worried about that all night. Like I obviously wasn't going to pull, if I saw an apparition, I wasn't going to pull the gun, but I have, I kept their gun on me. Thankfully, I'm like, I don't want to shoot anybody. And I'm going to give them like, like 15 warnings before I do. But if some dude charges me in like the basement or something like that, some, I might, you know, pop some shots real, real fast or something at the ceiling of the floor. I'm not looking to kill anybody, but, but still I ask again, at the uh, front desk, you know, was that somebody? Did you hear me? Like, was was somebody just trying to communicate with me? And you heard the exact same hit, just kind of like bam, bam against the like again rotting wood. So you could hear the cracks in it. You could hear like the rot in it when it hit beyond just a thud. And that's how I was so certain it was something like that. And I kind of back up down the hallway real fast because I'm thinking in my head oh man, I might have been wrong. This place might actually have something going on in it. So I'm kind of backing up down the hall, keeping the camera on that desk, going back towards um, the back entrance where I'd come from. And I'm just like, all right, Connor, reassess. Activities actually potentially taking place. Like get yourself into actual ghost hunter mode rather than just, you know, entertainer on live stream for Instagram. And no sooner do I do that, that I back up right next to the stairwell that connects all five floors. And these stairwells are massive. I mean, massive. I don't know what they were trying to do making stairwells this big, but the point of it being they echoed everything and I got horrified. And this is the first time I took the gun out of my waistband. I heard a man and a woman talking to each other, one floor above me. I could hear it directly above me. I couldn't make out what they were saying, but they were talking to each other. I just yell up the stairwell. Hey guys, I'm here with the owner. We're doing a video. We're doing an investigation here. You know, no harm, no foul. I need you guys to get out right now, though. Like, I or I'm going to have to call the owner. I'm going to have to call the cops. Just go ahead and get on out. And I said a lot more forcefully than that, of course. And um, I just picture is- you being like, "Yippee ki yay, mother!" <laughs> I got a gun. You better get out of this stairwell. <laughs> no, I'm, I wasn't going in hot and heavy like that. But um, the voices stopped when I said it, and I thought for a second, like, of course, the, it's flashing through my mind. Am I hearing these voices? Is this actually happening? And um, the second they stop, and I'm kind of just got an ear listening for any kind of echo in there directly across from me is the cafeteria and it's covered in dust and debris and the second those voices stop you hear these like shuffling footsteps coming right across the center of the cafeteria and i know this because you actually see the dust being kicked up in the room when i look over there and so it's at this point i take my gun out and i'm like 
I yell back up there, like, I don't know why I was, ye- I don't know why I was yelling back up there. I guess I, at this point in time, I was kind of hoping somebody was up there because something is happening down here. Yes. And so I just sort of yell back up like, guys, seriously, there's no problem. Like you can leave the building right now. I will open the door for you and wish you well. Like I am literally like 24 years old <laughs> at this point in time. Like you can walk the hell out. I'm not like, you know, some big arm of the law down here about to come down on your heart and the voices stop again the fo- the feet step the footsteps in the cafeteria have stopped and it's just so quiet and it's that kind of quiet you can tell when like electricity is building in the air and these hvac pipes these duct systems they had lying on top of the old cafeteria countertops and like fridge fridge spaces as this was going to be an hvac school i shit you not they fly off of the surfaces onto the floor and when i tell you i bolted my ass back out of that room so fast i mean i could not have done it fast enough i ran back a good 50 feet back to where i had a floodlight on in the center room uh back by where the maintenance area was and i turned around just gun drawn pointed towards there and i'm just like (laughs) i'm I'm swearing at this point i'm like who the hell's there (laughs) like knowing full well connor you saw footsteps walking on the room you just watched shit get thrown off the stairs clearly no one's upstairs like judging by all this activity and i'm just kind of standing there just flabbergasted i'm like you know what you know what before i get any deeper in this i think a smart and horrified move for me to make right now would be to grab all of my equipment and move it into the girls restroom the literal closest room to the exit of this building and so i do so and i put it all in there and no sooner have i put it all in there than on the second floor where the old psychiatric firm of this hospital used to be, you hear one of the doors slam. And I mean slam. And I was playing with these doors earlier when we were getting a tour. I don't know if anybody's been in a, a derelict hospital psychiatric wing where like the actual psychiatric doors are still there. It takes one or two people to close that shit. They are heavy as hell i know it was storming but there was no gust of wind or anything in god's green earth that could have closed that door and it wasn't like some squeaking slowly finally shut i mean something grabbed it slammed it Mm. slammed it faster than i could so something stronger than i was and i went into the room right across from me i grabbed three cinder blocks and i put them right up against the door and held my foot there gun out i'm like what the hell's happening right now and i call the owner his name is brett and i say brett brett hey connor how's it going how's the hospital (laughs) (laughs) like exactly and I'm, i'm just like look I know we were joking around earlier. This place might not be haunted. I didn't think it was haunted. Shit's hitting the fan. Shit's getting real, real fast, Brett. And I get halfway through that sentence and I stop. And he's just like, Connor, are you still there? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, shut up. Shut up and listen to this. I take the phone and I put it on speaker and I place it right next to the crack of the door that I am currently barricading. And he's like, Connor, you're like, shut up. Don't let it hear you. Just listen to this. And he's like, all right, I'm listening. Do you hear these footsteps, the same ones in the cafeteria, just shuffling across the floor? 
This time there's no dust, so you can't hear it from all the for all the all the dust, all the debris, all the material being kicked around. You just hear the shuffling, the scuffing of feet, and it stops right in front of the door. And I'm like, do you hear that? He's like, is that you? I'm like, no, I am sitting right here. I am not moving. There is someone on the other side of this door. Well, is your gun out? I'm like, shut up and listen. <laughs> and he's like, I'm listening. I'm listening. And I just put my ear right up against the door horrified i'm going to feel something slam against it and nothing does but he and i both hear clear as day what is this groan this ethereal male groan on the other side of the door it's like and i'm like fuck fuck brett did you hear that Connor, I'll see you in the morning. Oh my god. <laughs> he hangs right up. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Oh, this is bad. Uh, I'm gonna see a ghost or I'm gonna shoot a person. One's happening tonight. <laughs> I don't know which one it is, but one of them's happening tonight. Uh, and I just I sat in that room, I shit you not, for six hours. Oh. Didn't move an inch. Foot barricaded against the cinder blocks in the door. I had my laptop. I played some office on it for as long as my, for as long as my hotspot and the battery and the laptop would allow, which is about 45 minutes. It was such a horrifying evening being inside of the things that I heard, the things that led me in there. But the most horrifying part of it all, I was walking out the next morning. My dear mother back in Ohio, she knows I do this kind of crap. And she says, you know, Connor, I know you're in an abandoned hospital in the middle of BFE, Texas right now. So when you leave there alone in the middle, whenever you do tomorrow, let me know you're alive. So I FaceTime her. I'm like, hey, mom, I'm alive. I didn't die. <laughs> the hospital was horrifying. It's going to make for a great post, but I am still standing. Check it out, mom. I got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have to return to the TSA or what, but I, I got one. <laughs> but I, we're, I, I'm, I give her a quick tour of the, uh, the area there, just kind of the general surroundings, the cafeteria. And she stops dead in her tracks. I thought she froze for a second. And she's like, is Steven there right now? Like, no, Steven's driving here from his hotel right now. She's like, oh, I thought I saw him behind you. And I'm like, oh. no. And she's like, I'm like, what, what do you see exactly? She's like, what's that room about like 100 feet behind you? It's like, you see like a, a square kind of window into it. I'm like, oh, wait, way back there, that's the cafeteria. She's like, she's like, yeah, I thought I saw somebody standing back there by the pillar, like looking at you. I'm like, no. I'm like, did you actually see that, mom? She's like, I don't know. It's real dark where you are right now, Connor. And so I'm like, all right. No big deal. You're kind of freaking me out. I made it this far, mom. <laughs> You're going to tell me some crap like that, but okay. But um, then she sees it again. She's like, Connor, did you not see that? And I'm like, I was like, what? What pillar are you pointing at? Where are you seeing this? She's like, that door leading right into uh, what looks like the stairs and the cafeteria. There looks like somebody keeps looking at you. I'm like, what do you mean looking at me? Like you see eyes in the dark or somebody's walking past? She's like, no, it's like somebody just is there one time. I just don't know how to describe it to me. And so I stand there looking at her tiny screen in the reflection of my FaceTime. And we sit there in silence for nearly two minutes. And I'm just sitting there like waiting, waiting. And out of nowhere, right where the stairwell is, that is right adjacent to the cafeteria, you see this black silhouette, torso up, just lean out of the stairwell and look at me and then go back into the stairs. I'm like, shit, 
no, That's <laughs> no. It. I, yeah. I saw nope. it. I saw it. I saw it. And here's where one of the freakiest parts is. All of my flashlights had a four to five hour battery. They were still operating. They should have died hours ago. My hmm. phone, my flashlights, the floodlights, the cameras, they shouldn't be on. They shouldn't be activated. They should be dead by 10 miles, by a marathon. I, wa- I stepped foot out the door. I don't mean I took a couple steps out and I neandered about. I mean, my physical being crossed the threshold that left the hospital. Every electronic device on me powered down at the exact t- same time. It was like a symphony of sounds. The second I crossed that barrier, everything died. It was like whatever was in there was making sure everything I had on me was powered inexplicably for the extent of the evening. I don't know if it was so I could document what was there. I don't know if it was to try and protect me. Uh, At this point in time, I kind of just think, you know, whatever is in there, and there's definitely a number of things in there, it hadn't interacted with the living being since the 1960s. And it's still trying to learn how to do so. And so I heard voices. I heard footsteps. I heard poltergeist activity, saw poltergeist activity, saw an apparition. And none of it was conjoined. None of it followed fluidly. It sporadically, randomly happened for inexplicable reasons. And because they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to use their power because they don't have to use their power because no one's ever there. And I, I left there. I did a great post on it. We did uh, some local media for it. We got a couple teams to come out there and check it out. And the activity only got more wild from there. But hmm. my first time doing a solo investigation in a place that big, we'll never do it again. Experienced everything under the sun. And I think that place put me up at a 10, honestly. Yeah, yeah I think that <laughs> just hearing this story might put a lot of people at a 10. That That's pretty amazing. Chrissy, have you... I mean, you know, you do some of these similar things that Connor does. What are your thoughts on hearing a story like that? Is that something you strive to achieve? Would you want to experience that? Or is that like a little much even for you? That's a little much. Um, I'm going to be honest. You know, luckily, when I go and investigate, um, I have at least two people with me because my uh, media team is it's two guys. And then we usually have a photographer that's also snapping photos during the investigation um, and just walk through that we do as well. But that is very intense. I'm very familiar with mineral wells. I know of a number of locations in that area that are haunted and you can visit, you can go, you can book investigations. I have not heard of that one. Um, I'm curious, Connor, is, is it open to the public? Did they convert it to the HVAC school, which I well, I don't want to say I hope they didn't because that's excellent work that they wanted to do, but um, I would just hate for those things to keep happening and those, you know, poor veterans are dealing with that. I worked with the owners to help them open up the property uh, for about six months, and we um, brought in teams from all across the country to come in there and tour it and do overnights and everything like that. And entering into 2021, it was booked for appearances on ghost adventures on destination fear and no sooner had all these bookings happened and we had like six figures of revenue secured all of it completely devoted to renovating the hospital and helping to bring the school for veterans transitioning back to civilian life to get involved in the trades 
No sooner had that happened than I won't point out what location in the area got weirdly political about it, but they called the fire marshals on us who uh, ended up closing the building down and oh, saying no. um, without functioning sprinklers uh, in all of the floors and whatnot and every square foot, you, you know, we, you, you can't be operating this publicly available venue. It still hasn't been renovated. From what I understand, this particular paranormal destination there has um, a certain reputation in the city for trying to get every other paranormal location closed down mm. and just absolutely destroyed so they can be like the sole location, um, as well as apparently having sued the city of Mineral Wells like three times. But wow. that's neither here or there. That's what ended up happening to Beach Army Hospital. Um, I still have communication with the owners and I'm hopeful that one day we'll be able to do a, a more fully fledged investigation that in, it incorporates a lot more people than just myself. And well, that's I so unfortunate. That's so it unfortunate is. what happened, um, and especially with the plans that the owners had for it, but, you know, also for the spirits that are there. Um, I, I think that they could also use some healing it sounds like they wanted to reach out with how much activity you experience in such a short amount of time um, it's just very unfortunate that that happened I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that yeah i mean it, it truly is you know you you introduce them to um living bodies that they can interact with for the first time in half a century and then rug is pulled out from under them right where they thought we might have the chance to explain ourselves introduce ourselves convey a message, interact right. in some capacity, say who we are, what we need help with. And right. I don't know, so often people see paranormal investigations as a novelty, who can capture the best evidence, you know, this, that, and, or, but, and it's like, you're, you know, if you're, if you're an actual investigator and you believe in what you're doing, you're actually dealing with other people who have just departed, like who actually have things they most likely really want to work with you on if you can do it properly. And so, you know, the unfortunate reality is a lot of entities in the paranormal world, they are in it for a more business minded focus in all of it and mm -hmm. it's really to the detriment of the paranormal community and above all else is to the detriment of these spirits that people could have better communicated with and helped out in some manner perhaps 100 percent agree 100 percent connor all those people just needed to grow up in a home where a kind grandmother spirit would come and rub their hair <laughs> while they went to sleep and they'd have this awesome outlook on the uh, supernatural field as you do we all just need a traumatizing upbringing and it's really going to make for the best. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I concur with that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Christy. Thank you so much for co-hosting. I know we had other stories that we wanted to get to, but we're running up on our hour. Connor, I would just hope that you come back and share those other stories with us. I know our audience is going to absolutely love hearing from you again, if that's something you'd be willing to do. Yeah, you give me a, a day and time and I'll be happy to come back and join you guys. Awesome. And I would be remiss if we didn't touch on the hauntedventures.com. I'd love to hear what that's about. Yeah. Hauntedventures.com is the website for the haunted historian. Uh, it posts all the uh, posts that we do on the page a week early. So if you're a big haunted historian fan and see, want to see a lot of the places coming up in the coming seven days, you can hop on there. Uh, Saturday or Sunday and see them all early uh, just as well. It is where a lot of our um, very small in number, but uh, 
we do do public events at a lot of these locations that aren't publicly available. Uh, our newest one being um, Fort Bridger out in Fort Bridger, Wyoming. Uh, first time in 180 years, it's opening up to the public to uh, come out there to its 26 plus buildings, 35 plus acre property to investigate a lot of accounts from locals out there. So events like that, you know, it's not intended for monetary gain. All the finances go towards historic preservation, usually to the actual location that we're working with. It's really just meant to, you know, A, be a chance for people to join the Haunted Historian team for an evening and um, just as well to beyond the efforts of our own team, kind of allow other people to kind of get their way into a paranormal investigation that otherwise is not publicly available off the books like that. And everybody that comes gets a handgun, right? That's part of the promotion. Uh, that's only in Texas. It's only <laughs> That's what we'll say for now. It's only in Texas. They can't yeah, prove so they me can... wrong in Wyoming. <laughs> And if I can they cut... come down here to Texas, we we will provide handguns. <laughs> All right, that that's Christy's role. <laughs> yeah, Christy, we'll let you handle that. I don't know if, if you're prepared to talk about this yet, but did you want to talk about the podcast that you have coming out? Yeah, it's by the same name as the page. It's going to be called The Haunted Historian. It releases uh, later this summer. Uh, the intent of the page is kind of the same intent the intent of the podcast is the same intent as the Haunted Historian page. It kind of gives a lot of accounts uh, that our team has had at locations we've been to that aren't publicly available. It brings on um, paranormal celebrities. Uh, for example, the first season so far, um, uh, Dakota Layden, Brandon Alves. Brandon Alves are coming on to talk about um, their latest adventures, some of their newest projects that haven't premiered yet to walk people through them, to kind of give a behind-the-scenes look at how it's all created. And that's kind of juxtaposed with our stories of um, haunts that people haven't been to yet or don't know about a lot of the time and what's actually happening inside of there. But it's intended to be a very spooky, very eerie podcast beyond just historical. So watch it with a friend, watch it with a glass of wine, watch it in the dark, you know, so, something like that. Build the ambiance for yourself. But the uh, intention is to come out uh, in mid-May. Okay, awesome. Well, we will make sure to listen to that when it drops and you have to make sure to remind us as well. And we'll make sure to share that. Or I'm sure we'll see it on Instagram, but we'll make sure to share that with our audience because I know they'll enjoy that. And Christy, if fans want to reach you, um, they can follow you on Instagram at Christy Price underscore Realtor. Is that correct? That is correct. I am the haunted real estate agent bringing, bringing awareness to haunted homes and locations in Texas as much as I can. I think it's a very uh, misunderstood part of what I do and my industry. And it's just so strange to me because that's, that's what everybody does. We sell homes and um, it's just funny. You don't even have to disclose if your home is haunted when you sell it. So um, I, I love what I do. I love bringing awareness and, um, it's just, it's funny, everybody that I meet in the industry, they, they love it. They love the haunted content. When I post real estate content there, they ask me, where's the haunted content? <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's, that's what's interesting. So Christy, is there anything else you want to promote before we get out of here? No, um, I, I do want to thank you, Connor. I really think that the work that you do is absolutely phenomenal. As I mentioned before, I'm a huge fan. Um, I did not realize that the proceeds from what you do go back to, you know, um, historical preservation. I love it. Um, I think that 
you and I and Noah, we're all very like-minded in this where um, we're not here for the scare tactics and um, the media aspect of it. I think we're just here to bring awareness to people for something that's extremely misunderstood and um, dramatized or dramatized on television. So just thank you for what you do. I love your page. Definitely a huge fan. Thank you very much for that. Yeah. And uh, ditto. Um, super excited to have you on. I had thought about getting you on a while back, but I was like, ah, he's probably too big and important to come hang out with us real haunters. <laughs> and at the behest of some of our mutual acquaintances, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to reach out to uh, Connor and see if I can get him on the podcast. So I really appreciate you going on, coming on the podcast. And I wanted to see if you and Christy would do the outro of the podcast with me since Kat and JJ aren't here tonight. Yeah, clue me in on what it is and I'll be happy to. Nope, you just got to guess. All right, here we I go. No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's super easy. Uh, I'll say my name. Christy will say her name. You'll say your name. And then at the end, we all go, ooh. And I promise. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> and I promise I won't leave you hanging where you're the only person wooing because apparently that's a big fear that everybody <laughs> has when we that, get to that point. I was about to ask, could you all do it first? Then I'll just kind of build in with you. <laughs> I don't know, it's such like a common thought. It's so funny, but uh, awesome. Well, with that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm Christy Price. And I'm Connor Grossel. <laughs> hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.